Welcome to the Raptors Reasonless Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Murphy. Joining me at BioSteel Center in lovely Toronto, Eric Green. Eric, I can tell by the look on your face the answer to this question, but I'll ask anyway. How are you? I'm really good, Blake. Yeah. How I, are I you? I thought you might say that. How are you doing? I'm tired, man. It's a busy weekend for yeah. the Toronto Raptors organization. And yeah, so it was... At two, five games two, in 48 hours, yeah. yeah. Two Raptors games and three. What? Two nine oh five and Canada. Oh Canada's yeah. Qualifier well, that's on not Friday. the Raptors organization. No, but, but it's, it it's under my purview. Yeah. yeah. Um, and hey, they came out three and two between the Canada one. The Raptors certainly did not on Friday. Then the Raptors won on Saturday. The nine oh five certainly did not on Saturday, and then did so on Sunday. Good Bruno game Sunday too. Yes. Bruno, after being called out by Jerry Stackhouse, is back. Yeah. Not, not a great Monday or Saturday for Bruno. Anyway, uh, the Toronto Raptors, man, it's on It's on you and Sierra a little bit, I think. I yeah. tried to warn you guys on the podcast that we recorded last week that we were being too positive, and it was going to lead to us being back here this week and having to be much less positive. Uh, the Toronto Raptors came out. They are beating the New York Knicks quite handily at halftime, then turned in the worst performance in a quarter in franchise history, in terms of margin of defeat, they lost I, forty-one to ten. I prefer to think of it as the best quarter in Knicks history. You, you are welcome to think of it that way, as well. Um, I, I don't. It is the the worst the, the Raptors have lost a quarter in the history of the franchise. It is not the worst quarter in franchise history. Um, in a straw poll on Twitter, that seems to be a, a consensus. The twenty-seven point, uh, twenty-seven point loss in a fourth quarter to Golden State. The other year, right before the Rudy Gay trade, oh, when they were up yeah. like 18, I think, entering the fourth. Do you remember they won They won a game in Indiana uh, when Jose Calderon was still on the team, and they scored like two or four points in that quarter, and they still managed to hold on. Yeah. That was like the ugliest uh, quarter, yes. maybe. When, when I was, I, I had originally planned to do like a power rankings of the worst quarters. Yeah. Uh, I did not. Um, but the, one of the qualifications was going to be that, not a qualification, but it's hard to feel too upset about when a bad quarter when you win the game. Yeah. yeah. The Raptors did not win this game. They did uh, they, not. they tried to come back in the fourth. They made a nice push. They came up short. Uh, they followed that up on Friday uh, by playing quite poorly against the Indiana Pacers, which led to a new starting lineup out of the second half. Uh, luckily, they rebounded for a resounding victory against a very bad Atlanta Hawks team on Saturday. I think the focus of this podcast probably needs to be more on the Wednesday and Friday uh, disasters. You're so negative, Blake. Eric, they went 1-2 and two on a three-game trip against middling competition. Uh, I know it's an 82-game schedule and these little blips happen. Uh, what from the two losses, though, concerns you? Well, I don't think it, it told us much that we didn't already know about the Raptors roster construction. I mean, Jonas Valanciunas and Serge Ibaka are going to have trouble against some lineups. And then they made the adjustment to move to Ibaka and Pascal Siakam in the third quarter on Friday, and which I thought was the right move. Against it, Indiana, yeah, it makes yeah. sense for sure. Miles yeah, Turner's the only yeah. natural big in their and starting he, lineup. And even he's shooting it and putting it on the floor a little bit. Um, yeah, and, so and then yeah, I thought it made sense, and it was sort of off the bench. yeah, it was sort of undermined by uh, a pretty horrific quarter from Demar Derozan. Uh, so, I think 
You know, not a great week for your reigning player of the week. Yeah, he will not be the player of the week this week, I don't think. Um, what I wrote after the Indiana game was I'd be curious to see the Raptors try and mix and match their starting lineup from game to game. Um, I know you're not crazy about the idea, but I just think if the whole season's about preparing for the playoffs, that's something you have to do in the yes. playoffs. Now, it's against I'm... one opponent, but... Uh, the point the point I'm trying to make is that the Raptors are going to need they're going to need Jonas Valanciunas at some point, and at some points they're not going to need him, and they're going to need uh, Siakam and Ibaka to know how to play together, or they're going to need Pirtle and Ibaka to know how to play together. And the more you know reps they can get beforehand, the better, even if it's very confusing over 82 game season now, which be, i which i do not discount to be clear i'm not necessarily against it i think the team is definitely not going to do oh yeah it and change their starting lineup matchup to matchup um, obviously you know this team is just like post trying to win every single game and like maximizing each individual game so yes i agree that those duos those pairings should get more experience playing together because it might come down to that depending on who they draw in the, the first round of the playoffs or injuries yeah, or injuries. Um, at the same time, there are some other ways you could get time with those groups. For example, not playing Jonas Valanciunas 99% of his minutes with Serge Ibaka or DeMar DeRozan on the floor. I think Valanciunas has played 11 minutes this year when at least one of DeRozan or Ibaka weren't on the floor. <laughs> and, like, yes, if you look at the two-man pairings for the Raptors, uh, sorted by defensive rating, Valanciunas is in eight of the ten worst. That's bad. That tells you that basically whenever Valanciunas has been on the floor, no matter who he's been on the floor with, the defense has been bad. It also, if you look at the pairings, tells you Valanciunas has played criminally low amounts of time away from Ibaka and DeRozan. And the Ibaka fit is obviously a problem defensively. DeRozan and Valanciunas have long been a tough two guys to have in your five-man unit yep. because they're, they're not two plus, of your worst yeah, defenders. Yeah, they're not plus defenders at their position. Yes. They are... Minus defense. Yes, and and the early season talk that we've had about the about DeRozan playing better on the defensive end has I think I think it's behind us. He's gonna have one like awesome game. Yeah, he'll have five steals again, and and uh, we'll talk about it. But yeah, yeah, I think trying to hope Demar Derozan becomes a different player defensively, at least while he has this offensive burden on him, is sort of a waste of everybody's time. Yeah, which is a problem. Anyway, all, it's, all of this it's is bad. to say... Like he dies on screens a lot. He gets and, back cut like crazy. Yeah, like it's not good. I, I'm not trying to excuse it by saying he has a huge offensive load. I'm just saying we have now seen enough with DeRozan with a huge offensive load and trying to defend to say that he's probably not going to be a plus defender in No this accountability scenario. from Eric Kareem here. It's all DeMar's no. fault. Trade him. So most of this is just to say that Jonas Valanciunas has not played well defensively. He hasn't, you know, the Atlanta game, he had a nice offensive game, a nice game on the glass. He hasn't been playing particularly well. The starting lineup issue is not something where removing Jonas Valanciunas is a panacea where everything is fixed. It's not a Jonas Valanciunas issue. It's a that five-man unit yeah. issue. Particularly, in my mind, the three-man DeRozan, Ibaka, Valanciunas group that Valanciunas is apparently tethered to. So uh, I think you can... You know, one of the things that boggled my mind on Saturday was that after all of this had happened, 
uh, on in the two prior games after Jonas Valanciunas was removed from the starting lineup in the second half on Friday. Abaka and Valanciunas were basically subbed in and out as a tandem. So obviously the results were fine Saturday. Yeah. They won by like 700 points. But at a certain point, you've got to find... I think it's worth, before you get to the point of experimenting with new starting lineups, all of which are going to introduce other problems, whether it be the way the second unit plays, uh, your rebounding in the starting lineup, um, some things like that, you know, it's probably worth seeing what you can do in terms of staggering minutes so that those guys aren't playing, you know, whatever it is, percentage. Before, when we did this podcast last week, I think it was 88% of their minutes had come together. Um, and now it's like I think that eleven minutes stat is still accurate for Valanciunas playing without. Yeah, we we certainly saw more of Ibaka without Valanciunas. Yeah. He had the fourth quarter against the Knicks, and, and he plays more yeah. minutes and is a better player. At you know, center. it's that's yeah. just who he is at yeah. this they, point. They were never not going to close with Ibaka at center more much more often than they closed with yeah. Valanciunas at center. Yeah, that's his best defensive position, and it's probably best for the Raptors' offense, too. Like, whether it is best for the Raptors' defense as a whole against elite teams, I mean, I'd probably say yes. Yeah. Uh, Like, if you get Siakam and Ibaka on there together defensively, even though that might not be optimal offensively, um, although if Pascal Siakam can just keep taking dudes off the dribble, it's fine. (laughs) Um... But, like, that creates a lot of switchability and activity, and that's the direction you're going to go in if you're thinking defense, and if you're thinking offense, maybe, you know, we go to the C.J. Miles at the four, which we have not seen yet, uh, but... Shout out to C.J. Miles, new father, C.J. Miles. That's a nice story this week. He's posted Instagram stories of him trying to juggle dirty diapers and stuff. Um, that family. Congratulations is, yeah. to the Miles. Yeah. yeah, they're uh, probably not listening. Yeah, probably got better things to do. I would hope so. Yeah, uh, but there's still some unexplored lineups this year, yeah. and I, I think we both think CJ Miles is going to be more involved. But that, he's not going to average 20 minutes yeah. come important games. Yeah, but right now he is, and I, I agree that this. You know, they can. Take Valanciunas out quicker and then get him back in before the end of the first quarter, maybe. When or, or whatever. You could just do down. different things yeah. other than, you know, change the starting lineup where, you know, it has to be acknowledged that there is some psychology to doing that to a guy. Yeah. And, you know, there are yeah. maybe some market factors looking ahead to next summer and what their cap sheet might look like where maybe you don't want to pull the trigger on that as a full-time yeah. thing. Um, those things factor in. It, you know, I know everyone wants it to be a strict meritocracy every game and every minute. It is not that. Yeah. Uh, there are other things Welcome you have to, to juggle. Life. Yeah, there are other things you have to juggle. Um, so, I, you know, I, I've since the moment they got Ibaka, I've been writing about how, you know, this is a great offensive fit. The offensive rating with that duo is still out of this world. Yeah. Uh, it's just it was always going to be a problem defensively. It's just also not one that's entirely solved. I'm not sure the Raptors... The Raptors' starting lineup would be better if you made a change in the front court. I think. I don't think the Raptors would be better necessarily. Yeah, that's, uh, because your second unit's losing their identity. Yeah, you, know, you, you, you basically have to slow down, and, and you basically have to feed Valanciunas, which is going to take away from Fred VanVleet's drives or Delon Wright's drives when he's back. Delon Wright was dribbling in practice today, by the way. 
Um, it's going to take away from C.J. Miles' three-point attempts unless Valanciunas is going to become a demonstrably better passer out of the post yeah. or the Raptors are just going to try to split-cut teams to death over top of those Valanciunas post-ups. Um, I did hand motions, yeah. which you can't see. Um, yeah, Eric's not doing them too. Eric's dancing. Um, <laughs> all right, man, cut it up. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't think it solves everything. Are, are you at a point where I know you wrote about how they should change it game to game what you know is Siakam the move that you would make? Is it starting Yakov Pertl since Lucas Nogueira yeah. is now out of the rotation? It looks yeah. like. Um, I think it depends on the game. Like it's on some games. I think more often than not, it would be Siakam, uh, just because Pertl doesn't do that much to change the dynamic. Maybe he does. His feet are a bit quicker than Jonas's. Uh, he's a bit better of a finisher, maybe. Can in I offer a hot take? Yeah, there's ahead. there's always one player on the team that at a given time fans are arguing about relentlessly. It's yeah. been DeRozan, it's been Terrence Ross, it's been Jonas Valanciunas a lot the last couple of years. James Johnson. James Johnson. It's going to be Jakob Pertl when JV's gone because Pertl's nice and he has a high floor and he does a lot of things well. Some of the take... Valanciunas to the bench takes I've seen that involve propping Jakob Pertl up have gotten a little out of control. Yeah, Jakob Pertl. And I think there's going to be some pushback at some Jakob point. Jakob Pertl at 28 minutes would look a lot different than Jakob Pertl at 15 minutes yeah. or 16 minutes. Yeah, um, yeah, and like he's again, we've talked. I've talked a lot about how if you take Valanciunas out of the starting lineup, you're going to be a poor rebounding team. You can't rely on Kyle Lowry to grab 15 rebounds a game. Says um, you. You know, the gap between Jonas Valanciunas as a defensive rebounder and every other big on the team is enormous Um, even like Jakob Pertl's defensive rebound rate is sub 20 percent which is not horrible but it's not you know Valanciunas is at 30 percent yeah it's a big drop and Ibaka and Siakam aren't like Ibaka's not a good rebounder for a power forward yeah so you know there are anyway there are trade-offs that you're going to be introducing so I'm just curious I I guess I'm curious about the trade-offs and like, you okay, knew, that, like, the Indiana game, you knew that was yes, a bad matchup. absolutely. And the so, issue... so why not, like, in a game like that, when, let's say, there are eight to ten front courts in the league that Jonas Valanciunas absolutely has no chance to get, right. like, why not try that? My answer in that case, obviously it turned out the way it did, but with CJ Miles out and DeLon Wright out, you're very, you're very thin on smalls yeah. without starting small and then having three centers on your bench. Unless, and this is something that I would actually, if Valanciunas goes to the bench, change, like the bench identity is going to have to shift anyway. Yeah. Let's see those supersized lineups we saw a little bit last year. Let's see Bebe JV yeah. as the bench bigs and just like bludgeon teams. Baby Purtle. Bludgeon brothers. Yeah, let's do it. Um, oh, so the other thing I was going to say about the starting lineup change. Obviously, the data is what it is, and a lot of it with the Ibaka Valanciunas duo backs up what we've, you know, what we expected when they acquired Ibaka. What people have seen qualitatively as well. There isn't a lot of argument that the duo has been good. I will say, ten of their next eleven games are against sub five hundred teams. Yes. The data might look a little different a couple weeks from now. Yeah, they've had a very difficult schedule. Yeah, I think it's fourth fourth hardest in the NBA, and it's weird. It weirdly hasn't felt like that. Yeah. Um, well, when you lose to Indiana, and New York, even though those teams are above five hundred yeah. or at five hundred, yeah. uh, 
and that's sort of its recency bias, right? Yeah. Like, but this has been a tough schedule. Yeah, um, it's been road heavy. Yeah, they have three only three games over the next thirteen days. Ten of the next eleven are against sub five hundred teams. Obviously, you know, you could twist that and be with all this time off and all these bad teams. They have eleven trap games in the next eleven <laughs> games, basically. Um, but you know, the data might start to look a little bit different yeah. in a couple weeks, and I don't think it would be the worst idea to against this weaker schedule hold the status quo, see how it does against lesser competition. Not, it doesn't matter how it does against lesser competition because come playoff time, there won't be the lesser competition. But I don't think it's a bad idea to get more data on that group. I don't think it's a bad idea to, if it's necessary, I don't, I haven't talked to him to see if it is, maybe get Jonas Valanciunas' confidence level back up because yeah. he's a guy who on uh, Wednesday and Friday from the YouTube post-game scrums yeah. is wearing this right Yeah, now. Friday it seemed like from what I read and what I saw that he was very, very down. Yeah. And again, it needs to be reminded that Jonas Valanciunas is a player who very badly wants to be good you know, for himself, yeah. but gives, for his country, he gives a lot like of he, shits. he he yeah. he he really cares about his reputation in in this league, and you know he tr he tries. Whether <laughs> can I can I point something out about Friday? Speaking of the Lithuanian background, by the yeah, way, yeah. Uh, so he posted a photo on Instagram of him and Demantis Sabonis before yeah. the game, and the caption was something about Lithuanian, you know, mm -hmm. playing on the national team together and stuff. Um, Matt Tierney, the Raptors' digital coordinator, um, I forget his exact title. <laughs> he had posted the same photo a little earlier, and Matt Tierney, was, who is Lithuanian, is was also in it, but JV cropped him out. <laughs> and I don't think he meant anything malicious by it, but seeing in my Instagram feed, Tierney post the picture, and then see the exact same picture without Tierney it's in like it. It's from... like a ghost. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was very funny. Yeah, I didn't see that, but uh, uh, okay. So let's go. Let's go through the thing. next. Let's go through the weekend and see what you would do. Um, the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah. Employ Dwight Howard. They do. Jonas Valanciunas would start that game yes. in your hypothetical, right? Yes. The Indiana Pacers, who could then come in Friday, Jonas Valanciunas would come off the bench. Yes. Even though the Siaka Mabaka thing didn't work in the six-minute sample we saw. You answered your own question. Yes. Um, okay, so that's, I don't, that's like, how you like, would approach it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's easy for me to say that's how I'd approach it. I'm acknowledging that, yeah. you know, I'm writing and I'm thinking about new ideas and that's yeah. sort of my job. And, and it's also and, the and, team's job, right? Yeah. Now. They're exploring all yeah. this stuff too, I'm sure. Yeah, they are. Um, so, and how Valanciunas carries himself and plays and his feeling is, is important to the team's welfare. So I'm trying not to discount that, but I think these factors are going to end up mattering, you know? Yeah, they will. What's, what sticks to me is that Valanciunas has had good games against center types like that. He, he, he was great against Miles Turner in the playoff series two yeah. years ago. But that, Miles obviously, Turner Miles Turner was Miles like Turner. 17 years yeah, old at that point. Yeah. Um, he's, Turner, he's so did good. Turner start? I, th I don't think so. I, th I thought he did. If he was, series. he was at the four, like Mahinmi. Oh, yeah, Jan Mahinmi. Yeah. yeah, that's a much better matchup. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that makes more sense. Um, uh, didn't did they go away from it? I, I think they started LeRoy Allen and Miles Turner oh at one point. That start. Yeah, is LeRoy Allen still in the NBA? I don't know. I feel like I should. Know I, I feel like I know most. I of just those. assume he's always on the Philadelphia 76ers, yeah. but he's not. <laughs> no. um, so what else was I gonna say? Anyway, so yeah. Uh, oh, looking down the road. Uh, yes. So the the Pacers was after that. You could even make the case against the Pacers that. C.J. Miles at the four against that young is a better 
look than Siakam. Thad Young is like on the list of Raptors tormentors. Yeah. Like low low key. Raptors He's also tormentors. on the Kenneth Freed All Stars of guys who every single year I will inevitably get asked about. Hey, could the Raptors trade for Thad Young? To what end? <laughs> I don't know. Thad Young's a nice piece. No, Thad yeah. Young is nice, but yeah. the Raptors, he's not... Like, at some point, he would have been very nice on yeah. this team. I'm not sure now is the point. Yeah. Um, also, I, I the Pacers you're... are... The Pacers are so happy to just be the eighth seed every year. They're... Well, this year, it seems like they were actually trying to not be great. But here they are. They're accidenting themselves. Corey Joseph, and, too good to yeah. fail. <laughs> Corey um, was really good on Friday defensively. Corey's awesome. Yeah. Miss that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Raptors don't, don't though. I mean, no, not right. Fred Van Vliet's Fred been terrific Van since the one right with yeah. him. Yeah, he, uh, he's, you know, he might be in the running now for whatever that local award is for the the award that gives you combination of of like on court performance and off court co- cooperation with the media because he's yes. just playing so. The Demar Derozan award. Yeah, yes, yeah. he's playing so well, but like. You need that to continue. So who knows if he'll get the chance? Nobody cares. Um, yeah, um, but I care. I, I, I thought about it today. Fred Van Vliet made me... Uh, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> never mind. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, also, not to push you to another podcast, but Fred Van Vliet was on Tierney and Devlin's Two Matt's and Question Mark, yes. yes. It was really good. Yeah, um, he's good. And this comes from someone who doesn't listen to a lot of podcasts yeah. and hates recording them. <laughs> Hi guys. Yeah. Imagine being forced to talk to Eric for half an hour. I talk to your friend on mic half an hour every week. It's about basketball. Yeah. What what a terrible life. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Phoenix. That's who's next week? Who's yeah. Phoenix starting at center right now? I don't know. Are they starting Tyson or no? They must be. They might not be. I haven't watched the Suns game in a couple games now. I haven't seen the Suns possibly all year. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so the Suns, if it were Tyson Chandler or Alex Len. It would make sense to start Jonas Valanciunas. Steal my sunshine. There you go. Um, I'm sad that Alex Lund never made it just so we could do something with that. Yeah. Is he not going to make it? I don't know. You unrestricted free agent next summer. So is Nerland Noel. Sign, sign that think qualifying offer, guys. I don't think that's going very well for either of them right no. now. No. I do. Man, the 2018, this is not particularly Raptors relevant because Lucas Noguera is going to be the only restricted free agent that they have because there's no way they're giving Bruno... The 3.5 million qualifying offer, yeah. they'll let him become a UFA. But the restricted free agent market is going to be really interesting with how tough a road it's been for some of the guys who signed qualifying offers. And then you have Plumley hanging over all of it as a guy who waited out the market and then signed for money that no one else could even remotely offer him. Which Plumley was that? Uh, Denver Plumley. <laughs> the Plumley. Mason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that doesn't answer Mc, my question. McGillicuddy Plumley, yeah. <laughs> no, it's the good Plumley. Yeah, the, where's the other Plumley? There are two other ones. Marshall, no, the one, the one who was Plumlee. in the league, yes. Um, is he in the league still? Yeah, he definitely is. I think he's on, is he on Indiana? The Plumley. Oh, Atlanta. He's on Atlanta. Mm-hmm. He's on the bench. I knew they saw him recently. Did yeah, they, he's on Atlanta. Did he play on Saturday? Uh, maybe garbage time in the fourth. Yeah. Uh, but he's been jumped in. Like, fourth. they've been using Ursan Ilyasova as their backup five. I think the fourth quarter was the first quarter I didn't watch this year of Raptors basketball. I was like, I don't need to see this. I was watching it. Um, it was my last night with the Pups. Oh. So, I was, you know, I was playing with the Pups during the fourth quarter a little bit, too. So. I applied for another dog. Nice. We don't have to talk about Best that right luck. now. Yeah. 
that people can. It was a rough week for the Raptors. They can hear about dogs. Yeah, dogs he's, are cute. he's mostly deaf. He's okay. a terrier mix. He's five or six years old. He's really cute. So I'm I'm optimistic. I mean, I mean I'm not optimistic. I I hope. I hope. I hope. I hope. I hope so too. Shawshank Redemption. And then the next time I foster one, we can do a little. A little hang. Yeah, we can record a podcast with our dogs yeah, to add oh to the, the types of uh, sound problems we've had. We'll yeah. just have dogs barking. Yeah. That'd be good. Sure. Yeah, and we'll record it outside of the dog park. So yeah. it'll be even more... Get the wind. Yeah. It'll be good. It'll be perfect. Um, okay, so the Raptors, it wasn't a very good week. No, it was bad. It happens. Yes. The Raptors are about to three games in 13 days against Charlotte, who are not playing particularly well but are probably better than the record suggests when you factor in how good Steve Clifford is, the fact that Nicholas Batum's back, uh, Dwight Howard's playing okay, Kemba Walker is banged up but still playing. And he'll score 40. Um, yeah. Cody, <laughs> Cody Zeller's really good yeah. off the bench. Yeah, they're good. Um, they have a nice team. Yeah. I'm still on the Michael Kidd-Gilchrist bandwagon. It's very lonely. Mm, I don't think you're alone, probably. I don't have a ton of company. Yeah. Did you see that? I feel about as alone as I always feel, you know? Yeah. Did I see what? The, uh, before the Grey Cup, the Calgary, okay, so John Torrey tweeted out, like, uh, go Raptors, or go Argos, happy to be supporting, you know, the team, there's always, there's still room for people on the bandwagon, <laughs> and then the, uh, Nenshi in Calgary, the mayor, retweeted it, saying, yeah, there's always room on the Argos bandwagon. <laughs> um... Word, that's not an editorial comment. I just thought it was funny. Yeah. That's, uh, was, I'll tell you. Uh, as far as mayor burns yeah. go, that was a, like a pretty solid yeah. mayor burn. I did not consume much of the Grey Cup. Yeah. Uh, I thought the end game was pretty funny. And I thought Sean Fitzgerald's piece on it for the Athletic Toronto was terrific. Yeah. Good job by Fitzy covering the Argos uh, in this first year of Argos. Regular Argos content on the athletic. Is it? Did we didn't do it last year. Well, we only started in October, right. and it was basically over. the season. Yeah, but the Great Cup was in Toronto last year, right? Yeah, we probably covered that. Probably. I anyway, just, I don't know. Look, to be yeah. honest, I'm not a big CFL guy. This isn't a please like my sport comment. I'm just. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. All right. Now you want to talk G League basketball or the NBL of Canada? <laughs> you know, now we'll now we'll talk about second tier sports leagues. Well, this is a basketball podcast. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so let's talk basketball. Uh, <laughs> so Charlotte... <laughs> Despite our multiple attempts not to. <laughs> yeah, we don't even have a Riverdale episode to talk about this uh, week either. And the good place is off. We have nothing. I started watching an Australian show called Offspring. I'm not sure if it's worthy yet or not. Know. We'll see. That's, that's, Let me know. Yeah. It's, I'm three quarters of the way through The Punisher. Mm. It's been quite good. Okay. John Barenthal is awesome. Yeah. I uh, I had concerns about how it would be as a show because the Punisher, I don't know, the Punisher story arc and the character, you know, it can be nuanced, but, like, most of the times when it's been done in movies, they've just, like, kind of just, like, it's been blunt force and that's yeah. it. Um, but, okay. the, yeah, Barenthal does a good job. Cool. It's pretty good. Check it out. So, basketball. Yeah, basketball. Oh, yeah, three games in 13 days. Uh, would you be surprised if they have another bad showing at some point during this 13-day, three-home game stretch? No. Like, the Raptors sometimes play down to their competition. 5-0 uh, against sub-500 teams. Schumann uh, <laughs> uh, stat. All it takes is one shitty quarter, as we learned 
this week, twice. Yeah. Uh, like, what do you think about it? The Raptors had a pretty good road trip other than those two quarters. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. No, it's like, yeah, I know. It's like I mean, saying... that's still 15% you know, of the road trip. But... Other than your heart exploding, the heart surgery was very successful. Yes. Uh, but, um... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, All right, man. A perfect analogy. Yes. But, like, uh, it is two quarters, and had those two quarters been you know, average bad as opposed to hilariously bad, they would have gone 3-0. They didn't, though. They did not. It would be nice to... I don't... Look, I don't... I don't get very high or low anymore because this is year five of the team being roughly the same yeah. level of quality. Um, yeah. And, I, you know, we know at this point they're going to hit two-game skids like that. Yeah. They'll probably, at some point this year, lose three in a row. And it'll what? seem like the, the sky is falling. They'll probably also win, like, five or six in a row... At some point, maybe even during this like eleven yeah. game um, soft window here, but yeah. The, so let that be a reminder that like all the information you're getting through the ups and downs is really important as you kind of build the data set and mm. get to know the team at a more macro level. Um, but it's not really that big a deal. Yeah, everything like it's been fine. The yeah. season, the season. I've said this every week. I think like they're doing fine. Yeah. And they're second in the East, yeah. and they were fourth or fifth in that rating. And like they need to figure some things out, and once they, they figure those things out, they're going to have to figure new things yeah. out. And they have an eternity uh, yeah. to do it in before the playoffs. Yeah, so it's it's okay. But uh, my answer is no. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost another game because it's an eighty-two game season, and yeah. you have bad quarters. And Short memory after... is also good and bad. Yeah. Short memory is good because it allows you to come out and have a good game against Atlanta and shake that off, but also you might forget, you know, on Wednesday or Friday, what led to you coming out so poorly out of yeah. half the last two games. So, yeah. yeah. The Pacers rematch should be interesting. Uh, we'll see yes. if Oladipo's healthy. He yeah. missed Saturday's game, I think, against the Boston Tryhards. Yeah. Boston. Get out of here. What I thought was interesting is that both Indiana and Atlanta had home back-to-backs. You, yeah, so this is... I actually, now, I've only remembered that happening once and since I've covered the Raptors. Yeah, I've only had one. Uh, they had one last year, and I think it was the first time... Uh, it was Maybe the, it's twice then. I, they had one last year, and I remember looking it up, and it was the first one in, like, six seasons okay. that they had had. So you've probably had two. Yeah. Maybe you weren't at both last year, Maybe. but they, they had one last know. year. I remember I had a conversation with Jack Armstrong at some point this season, too, where, like, he was kind of, like, throwing his hands up. He's like, you. it was after the Raptors had come back from a long trip yeah. and then only had one day off, and then I think... The like, Washington put, game? I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, First his question was, game. like, why not just, like, give them two days off and then play a home back-to-back? And, like, yeah. we got to talking about, like, why they're on home back-to-back. And it makes way more sense than a travel back-to-back. I know the scheduling is an impossible... Yeah, it's very complicated. Like, it has to be the most yeah. thankless and difficult job that there is in the league office. Yeah, nobody's ever like, oh, this part of the schedule is great. Yeah, <laughs> it's either too easy and too home-heavy or yeah. too hard and too road-heavy. Although, as Kyle Lowry said, with three, ga- three games in 13 days, Dwayne, he, he, like, he extended Dwayne Casey's name. He was like, Dwayne Casey is loving this. Kyle Lowry's in a mood today. He's, He's a, a cheerful guy today. Yeah. 
you never know with that guy. Yeah, it makes me suspicious. <laughs> yeah, what, what's going on? Yeah, he also said he, he also he got asked a question about the Raptors play, and he was like, "Me? I've been terrible." <laughs> but the question was about the Raptors, not him. So yeah. good to know that Lowry, you know, flirting with a triple double every game for the last three weeks uh, is not making him complacent. Yeah. If well, there were any he concerns. also went on to say he's finding his rhythm and yeah. blah 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 yeah. blah blah. Yes. And yes, Eric, yeah, he will answer your questions about. Little guys getting posted up by the I was pigs. worried. Yeah. When's that story going to come out? Probably Tuesday? later this Monday afternoon or Tuesday okay. morning. Let's check that out. Dude. I don't think we have that much more to say. We're half an hour in. Do you yeah. want to just wrap it up? We have no Riverdale to talk about, no good yeah. place to talk about. The Rattlers are bad until they're good, and then yeah. it's fine. Um, this has not been our best episode. But that's... Watch, though. I'll get back later in the audio. Audio quality will just be pristine. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, we can only work with the content we have. Yeah. Uh, and look, the narratives, they're going to keep on coming out. The Jonas Valanciunas issue, as tired as you are, Blake Murphy, of dealing with it, is going to be a thing all season long. I'm not um, even that tired of dealing. Like, it's it's weird because... Well, who's, somebody was saying, like, every time they log on to Twitter, there's like a oh, colossal I'm, t- I'm argument. tired of every of everyone arguing about it. I yeah. think I find the situation the Raptors are in and the situation Jonas Valanciunas is in, I find it interesting yeah. from a basketball perspective and kind of like a basketball mm, philosophy. Yeah, and a market Yeah, it's a yeah. very interesting, complex situation they're in. Uh, what I complained about on Twitter or joked about was that literally every time you log on like i have a raptors tweet that call and someone's in there arguing about jv in like if i walked over my laptop right now the last tweet 100 percent would be something about yeah. Jonas balance i saw billy lou wrote about uh about jv billy lou, yeah, yeah the great william <laughs> lou old big head um yeah yeah, yeah. anyway uh, he will continue to be divisive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, maybe he'll get a couple good games under his belt. I think he's generally played pretty well against Dwight Howard. Yeah. If I'm remembering Seems correctly. Familiar. Yeah. It's not like... That'll be a fun game. Charlotte's fun. Yeah. Don't sleep on Charlotte. Kemba can F you up. Yeah, if he plays. Kemba, if he plays, can F you up. Yeah, man, so much UConn for me this week. I was talking to a Mecca Okafor on Saturday. Oh, okay. he was, he's with the Delaware yeah. 87ers. I first of all, and this is my only point, so I didn't need to preface it by first of all, 87ers. It's bad. Like Not- 87s. If you're gonna go with the year, like a seven-er, like I don't know why a sixer sounds like more of a thing. I guess because it's existed forever, and because you can get six packs of beer, and I guess, I guess you could call yeah. them sixers, um, but. The sevener is not a thing. Like, just call them the eighty sevens. Um, sure. Because you're the glass op- house here from a Raptors nine oh five. Yeah. Well, I, obviously the road but, to the six like, only if, you, if you're heading eastbound. There's the Ottawa sixty sevens, right? They don't call themselves the sixty sevens. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't have a good answer for you on this. I think this is as good a point as any to uh, shut it down, and we'll talk to you next week. So, what are they? They'll still be on this homestead. Wednesday, Friday, yeah. Then they'll be playing Tuesday. All right. So we'll probably do this Monday for posting next Tuesday. So we'll talk to you in about a week, and there will only be two more games to talk about. So it'll probably be a lot of just more or, spinning our wheels. Or we can wait Manufacture until controversy. Or we can wait until after Tuesday's game That's if true. we need to. We could do that as well. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for the... Oh, if there's anything you want to hear us talk about or dive into more, 
me from a writing perspective, I'll write whatever you want me to, uh, but also on the podcast, uh, I'm not going to tweet out for questions before we record because we'd get too many, uh, but feel free to hit us up with questions or hit me up. Don't bother Eric with them. Uh, if you have questions next, you know, Sunday or Monday for yeah. the for the podcast. Yeah, I like opening the mailbag uh, for, like, writing purposes, so I wouldn't mind doing it for talking purposes. All right, we'll got do few, that. Got a few questions about trading for DeAndre Jordan the other day. Yeah, a lot of those on, uh, I did one on my Raptors Republic podcast yeah. Friday. A lot yeah. of DeAndre Jordan questions. Yeah. Yeah. Here's, yeah. Your, here's your regular reminder, Norm Powell can't be traded. Yeah. So, yeah, get that out of your head. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Eric, thank you. Thank you, and thank you, listeners. If only to be a reasonable man.